Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back. What up? Hello. Hi. Haley, do I look different to you? Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, a little bit. It's my naturally glowing skin. Yeah. Radiance. It is, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, no. I got my hair cut. Yeah. Yeah. And Looks good. Eh. You're good. Eh? <laughs> well, <laughs> I saw this. Um, I had a... I had a flex day, so I was able to flex time. Um, And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something for myself because I never do anything for myself. Um, You know, besides a murder podcast. So I was like, I'm going to have some self-care. So I was like, I'm going to go and get my hair cut. And she was going to do like a balayage. It's going to be like all this stuff. Now, I am a go to great clips like once a year kind of girl. And I color my own hair. I mean, I'm naturally blonde. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I, I like to save money. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just blurred. I'm going to do this. So her balayage sucks. Oh, First no. First of all, there's no, like, I don't see a difference in my hair. Like, it looks exactly the same color. Mm. Like, that's weird. And then um, she was like, okay, I'm going to cut it. So how do you want it? And so my hair was very long. Yeah, you had long it, hair. It was pretty long. And I said, oh, like, you know, to my shoulders. I think she thought I said collarbone. It is short, but I think it's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Um, when it's curly, it looks weird. When mm. it's straight, it looks like the Rachel from Friends, circa '94. Mm. Yeah, like why would you do that to me? <laughs> and she was like, "Doesn't it look great?" I'm like. No, she also forgot to wax my eyebrows, which was part of the deal. Oh, and man. I said, uh, "You gonna wax my eyebrows?" And she goes, "Oh yeah, I almost forgot about that." <laughs> Sit down, and she does this shitty wax job. So oh, you know no. what? Never am I going to her again. And yeah. from now on, I'm going to continue to get my eyebrows threaded mm-hmm. because I enjoy that, and she does a great job. And um, I'm going to do my own damn hair. Yeah. Lesson learned, Holly. Just do Lesson it yourself learned. in your bathroom and yep, hit that I great think. clips <laughs> once a year. And once actually, year. before this, I hadn't had a haircut since September of 2020. Yeah, it's been a long minute time. for me. Yeah, I was going to say. So my hair's pretty long. Again. Yeah, yeah. It was short for a while. It was, but Shorter. my hair grows really fast. Mine does too, so that's my great hope is yeah. that it'll just grow I know I had to cut mine off I had um some breakage in the back of my somehow I had I don't know if it was like health stuff or what but I had some pretty significant breakage in the back um underneath some really thick hair and they um my hairdresser ended up saying like you know do you want to just bring it all up to that length and we'll try to get it healthy again I never colored my hair I've never done anything to my hair um so me neither we took it up to about my shoulders um, and it was cute. I mean, it, it was, was a, super cute. It was yeah. a cute short, short hair moment. I usually go through kind of phases of I cut all my hair off and then <laughs> leave it really long for a while. So I'm kind of in the phase of like, I want it long again. I want it long for the summer. 
my son's um one of the teachers at the daycare she said oh your hair looks cute and i told her my story and she was like girl she said same thing happened to me she said i cried she said they cut it so short and like didn't listen to me and she said i deleted that girl's phone number from my my phone she was like i'm never going to her again and i was like what was her name because maybe she was the same girl who did mine they're different people but nonetheless that's so sad i get it because hair is important like it's our identity it is it is it's important and i know it's it's tough it's hard i have a great i mean she's been doing my hair since i was a kid um but i'm pretty easy i've heard that yeah that's good kind of goes around my reputation <laughs> definitely <laughs> no no never um <clears throat> yeah right. anyway segue so tell us about this episode yeah let me find my <laughs> notes i already lost them well um, see that's not a good way to start yeah no it's fine it's fine. all right all I'll right eat my cookie eat your cookie okay we are gonna go to 2009 okay and we're gonna be kind of around kentucky but also on the Appalachian Trail. Kind of on and off? Mm, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> in 2009, a 53-year-old James Hames, I think is how you say that last name. That's what I'm going to go with. Sure. Uh, fled from his home and family in Kentucky after his bosses at the Southern Division of G&J Pepsi-Cola Bottler noticed about um nine million dollars missing from their accounts i mean that's pretty substantial yeah you know just uh how how do you even begin to hide that like you know it's a lot of money and and you wonder like was that at one time or was that very slow it would had to been very slow yeah he was very good at what he did apparently <laughs> yes wow um hames was born in milwaukee but grew up in springfield illinois uh he then moved to lexington kentucky and became the like i didn't call him the accountant but kind of like the accountant um for the company he was over like all the like the cfo kind of yeah a financial officer yeah kind of that sort of situation high power job mm-hmm. yes so after an internal audit, which we know a whole lot about audits working in our field. Haley and I have been through so many 893 audits. audits. It's so many. At least. When I first started, when we first started working together, it was right in the middle of an audit. A state audit, I think. Yeah. The state was coming. Yeah. And, then and that, if, those are the worst. Yeah. The state audits. Then a few months later, we had the national, we had another an state audit. One. And then we had an accreditation audit. And then we had... Like so many site audits, yes. so many times I had to bust out my court pants to look presentable. <laughs> we do. We, we did interviews. <laughs> and it was like a big deal. Yeah. It's funny now because I I am always telling uh, like supervisees and stuff. I'm like, we have to have this just so because if we get audited, you know. And it's it. I've had so many lessons from audits. So I'm yeah, always I feel like we were audited a lot. A lot. <laughs> like, was that foreboding? situation because yes, so. it was a lot of audits but the good news was we always had our crap together we did we, we did always a really passed. good job so we did good on our audits yes so, our boss us. loved us she still texts us she does yeah anyway anyway back to this guy who did not do good on his audit um <laughs> no <laughs> yes because he was stealing money right we were not <laughs> no 
There was no money. There was no money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) After this internal audit, uh, those in charge made the link to Hames. Obviously. It was discovered that Hames had been cutting several six-figure checks to himself from the company and putting them into brokerage accounts he had set up in 1998. Oh, so uh, like... 11 years before. Yeah, this was a whole, like, and he'd been doing this kind of, you know, to supplement. And the way they explained it, it's like, you know, he put these in these brokerage accounts and then they were, you know, transferred into shares, which were then transferred into something else. And it was a whole very elaborate thing. I don't understand anything about any of that. Elaborate, but funny enough, he was writing checks to himself. Yeah. So he went to all this trouble, but yet it was also obvious. Right. Yeah, it was very quickly tied to him. It wasn't difficult to find. So very quickly after being um, confronted, Hames you know, lawyered up and didn't say anything. Right. Hames was charged with embezzling, but within a few weeks, he had disappeared. How convenient. Mm-hmm. He was able to evade capture by living on the Appalachian Trail. That's where everybody goes. <laughs> Yes, so. Get on the trail. His financial scheme and subsequent disappearance drew interest from television shows like America's Most Wanted and American Greed, which I've never seen. I haven't either. But it sounds interesting. Hmm. While on the trail, he changed into a completely different persona. Uh, he took on the trail name, which we talked about trail names before. Yep, Mostly um, Harmless. That's mostly a good episode. Harmless. Yes. So he took on the trail name of Bismarck. Was his trail name. It's like a company. Hey, I'm Bismarck. Bismarck. Or Business Mark. Business Mark. Bismarck. So he was Bismarck on the trail. He grew out his beard and he looked pretty grisly. Like he was a pretty, you know, gruff and, you know... Stay away from Bismarck. Looked like uh, like he'd been on the trail for a minute. <laughs> kind of like a Bigfoot. Kind of like a Bigfoot. You'd have been attracted to him. I don't know. I he saw has some money. photos. Well, that's true. I mean, <laughs> he's got some money. Uh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> he befriended fellow through hikers and would show up on various blog posts, which is like a big thing for hikers. They all talk on these blog posts. Um, But but he wasn't afraid of being found? I guess not. Hmm. Um, He carried an iPod um, and would help fellow hikers relax by playing music. So he was kind of like known for being somebody to play music and you know, have some, some groove like time suddenly zen zen you know, now like, yeah like, reflecting you know. on his his past mistakes coming to term with you know stealing nine million dollars as one does i mean you know you just kind of get to that space where you have you know the the zen garden with your little rake and you're playing music for hikers who are a little stressed out like it's okay man just chill just groove to this music i have no worries at all yeah just grooving yeah apparently wow um he did not use a tent and instead slept in a hammock i mean he's in he's He's just 
gonna have it. A good time. Mm. Great time. Oh. That's hammock and it's Zen music. I've Ooh. never done well in a hammock. No, I can't. I kind of struggle to get in the hammock. Same and stay in. Yeah, you kind of, it's a balance thing. For I want to like, I can't stay in one position for too long because I have kyphosis in my spine and it's just a bad time for me to like be suspended in there <laughs> bad time. when is there a good time to be know. honest it's but not for me yeah no i just I, I, uh, I don't know yeah it would not do good for my spine Nah. Um, yeah. But he didn't have a care in the world, he apparently. Didn't. He, you know, had this whole other life as Bismarck, and he helped injured hikers, he made friends, and he even found love a couple of times on the trail. Love a couple of times, or did he just hook up? I mean, I think I choose to believe in love <laughs> for Bismarck. Who was Bismarck's great? Okay. <laughs> um, so, okay, or did we identify these individuals? Um, the, one of them, one of his ex-trail girlfriends, uh, shared after his arrest, a fun fact, he uh. did get caught, uh, that they should have been more suspicious of the guy and that his stories, you know, never really seemed to add up. Oh, did he create like a whole persona for himself? Yeah, and kind of, you know, came up with these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, in the woods, he remained a devout Catholic. With his trail girlfriends. Um, He attended church in towns, you know, whenever he could. He went to mass um, when he could get a ride in. Uh, He was also known to share some tall tales. He told uh, one hiker that he had played uh, professional hockey. And that he was, he did say that he was from Milwaukee, but that he had played, you know, he had been on like a, not a pro team, one of the rec teams or something. And had like subbed in on the pro teams and... Look, I don't know if that's how that works. I don't think so. He was like on a minor league hockey team and then played on the, I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Hockey is kind of what he went with. I mean, honestly, I mean, you can kind of reinvent yourself and be whatever you want to be. Yeah, you can. After the American Greed episode aired, a fellow hiker actually recognized Hames as Bismarck and snitched. Daddy snitched. Which... And, and, you know, I bet Bismarck was like, son of a bitch. I wrapped your ankle. I gave you Inya to listen to. And you turned <laughs> and me you turned in. me in to the Yeah, feds. how dare you. <laughs> so federal agents showed up in May um, outside of the Montgomery Homestead Inn in Damascus, Virginia. And this was May of 2015. So he's so been on the trail years. since 2009. That's six years. Yeah. And Damascus, I didn't live terribly far from there, so that's not too far from no. Abingdon, Virginia. So he was in Damascus, Virginia at this um, Montgomery Homestead Inn, which is kind of like a an inn a lot of hikers stay at and kind of a place to stop while on the trail. Mm. They showed a photo of clean-shaven Jim Hames. The innkeeper immediately recognized him as Bismarck. She went and found Bismarck, you know, who had been stopping at the inn for about four years and who had become friendly with the the innkeeper. And, you know, she considered him a friend. He did, you know, odd jobs around the inn to, you know, help support himself. Wow. So he, you know, was 
a well liked seems like he was trusted yeah yeah he's a well liked guy <laughs> hopefully he's not doing the books oh, right <laughs> shouldn't trust him with those no so when she went to find him and told him you know the FBI was here and they want to talk to you um and they had become friends over those years and he you know hugged her and told her you know I'm sorry and then went and talked to them. So she had no idea, you know, like, why he was sorry. Or, like, what he had done at that point. But he, you know, apologized and went and talked to the FBI. Wow. Where he was uh, subsequently arrested. Yeah. So he's been arrested by the FBI. So that's, you know, the end, right? No. No, it's never the end. All right. So, after he was arrested, investigators and family are wondering if maybe Hames had something to do with the death of his wife in 2003. This has turned... Yep. Turned into a death. Okay. Okay. I need, like, a second. So, it starts out that this guy is embezzling, like, nine mil. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he's on a trail, and he's helping, and everybody trusts him, and he's got these hockey stories. And now they think he killed his wife? Like, I want to just state, like, embezzling and murder are two very different crimes. Right. So what has led them to this thought? Okay, we'll go into that now. All right. So his wife, Joy, died in a tragic house fire in 2003 leaving him a widower and his daughter, Amanda, without a mother. So around 10.30 p.m. on Saturday, July 23rd, 2003, Hames left his wife home alone to go jogging at 10.30 p.m., which, you know. Well, someone such as I, who is just obsessed with their physique and exercise just all the time, you know me. Uh, that is obviously. obviously I, don't, I have a flashlight on my head. It's fine. But, I mean, I do get, you know, later at night, jogging at night. If you are a jogger, jogging at night in that type of heat, probably, you know, you'd want to wait till the sun went down. Yeah. So, I mean, not that weird to me. It may be a little weird. So, his daughter Amanda was, you know, out on a date, so she wasn't home at the time. Gotcha. Soon after Hames left, though, the house, soon after he left the house, a neighbor saw smoke coming from the home. Um, the neighbor grabbed the spare key that Hames had given him, you know, in case of emergency. So, a close neighbor, like, hey, here's a key to my Go house check, in yeah. case, you know, anything crazy happens or whatever. We get locked out. Right. You know. So, you have somebody that has a key. Has a key. Uh, the neighbor ran over and unlocked the front and the back doors. The family's two dogs were able to escape, which had been a, actually a gift from, I think, from that neighbor. They had gifted mm. them these two um, golden retriever puppies. Mm. Oh, so, so for, and they were the dogs were able to escape. So I was very happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> the wife. Yeah, um, he had no idea that Joy was still in the house. He thought that Joy was, you know, also out. When firefighters arrived, they broke a window and actually pulled Joy from her bedroom. Hames was back at that point, and he was just standing on the lawn watching the fire. You know, some reports said, you know, he was in shock and he was standing there, you know, just watching the house burn. Uh, The neighbor's wife had come home with her three grandchildren and was standing on her lawn. 
she said that she remembered Hames running up to her to ask, you know, what had happened. Hmm. And she's like, yeah, dude, your house is on fire. Well, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happened? Your house is your on fire. Your house is burning. And the sky is blue. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm an asshole. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Joy was rushed to the hospital. Um, so she was alive when she was pulled okay. from the fire. Um, but she would later be ruled as brain dead um, mm. and die from her injuries in the hospital. So probably lack of oxygen, and I'm assuming she probably suffered some burns. Smoke inflation and burns, yeah. yeah so uh, the neighbors were all, you know, absolutely devastated by Joy's passing and remembered her as someone who was devoted to volunteering and, you know, just, just somebody who loved to help others. She volunteered at the God's Pantry Food Bank, um, helped neighbors with their yard work when needed. That's, you know, why she was gifted those those dogs. Um, for helping neighbor a neighbor with their yard. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the outside, it seemed like the family, you know, was a very well-adjusted, happy family. Mm. The cause of the fire was deemed um, undetermined. Interesting. Yeah, they weren't able to figure out, you know, what started it or how it started or anything like that. Uh, after the fire and before the embezzling charges, Hames found time to get a pilot's license. He was taking solo trips all the time, was going to the Caribbean to scuba dive constantly. Um, and his family said that he wanted to retire at age 50. That was like his goal was to retire. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel like if my spouse had just died, I don't know if you know, jetting off to the Caribbean. You but know, everybody copes differently. Everybody does cope differently. And I think, you know, finding a new interest, you know, piloting like that was like his new thing that he could pour a lot of his extra free time into, you know. I, but yes, I mean, it does seem oddly suspicious. Yeah. Uh, in this time, he also remarried. Mm. Um, and had the two women who I believe, so he was remarried. And then he also, I read, had like a secret daughter with another woman. Like he'd had an affair and had another child that I don't think Amanda knew about. Was it while his wife was alive? Yeah, the first wife? I think so. Okay. So that gives you some motive. Um, yeah. Or it may have been like before he was with his wife, he'd had, you know, so, like, in-between wives. Yeah, I don't really know. It was kind Secret of a weird daughter. situation. Um, but, yeah, he had another child. And his new wife, I think, had her own children as well. Wow. So, there's a lot of people involved. Very, very blended. What yeah. if I'm like, Haley, I have another child here. I would be shocked. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. I'd be a little bit like, um, uh, Where? <laughs> Like, I have been keeping it a secret. Very well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the one's kind of boisterous. He's a yeah. hot mess. He is, but he's precious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Lexington, mm-hmm. Kentucky Fire Chief um, Mark Blinkenship suspected that Hames may have had something to do with the fire after he heard about the embezzling charges. Now, I'm sure he was thinking, like, hmm... I wonder if he... Because I'm sure there's probably insurance money involved. Right. 
in that. And I don't know if maybe the wife had a life insurance policy or something like that. I didn't read anything about that, but I'm just, you know, making jumps here. Right. So after 2013, uh, federal agents wanted some more info on the fire. I don't know why 2013. So it was two years after he was um, arrested on the embezzling charges. Two years before. Right. Yeah, because he was arrested in 2015. So this was two years before. Yes. Yes. So they went and, you know, wanted some more info on this fire. Uh, The fire investigation showed no signs of accelerants. And there was not enough evidence present to say that he did or did not set the fire. So they kind of had to... Pretty inconclusive. So. Yeah, they kind of had to drop that. Mm. On or In 2016, he was sentenced to eight years in jail and made to pay back around $6.7 million uh, to the company. One report I read said that he died in 2017... But then I couldn't find that anywhere else. So I don't know if he's dead or not. Interesting. But uh, I haven't found, you know, that anywhere else. And he was um, never charged with the death of his wife. So it's all just very weird. Hmm. It's all very strange. Well, and I mean, if he had, had served an eight-year sentence, it means he would get out in 2024. Right. So he would be two years from getting out, assuming that he didn't get out early for right. good behavior and all that stuff, and that he's still alive. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's more to this story. Yeah. In um, so in court, they his defense team tried to lessen the sentence or say you know he doesn't need to go to prison because he did all this soul searching on the trail and he was a new person and literally all this stuff and it's like yeah buddy you got to hang out in the woods and like seem like you were having kind of a good time out there yeah yeah that doesn't really count well not even that you committed a crime. You committed a crime and you ran away from the consequences. And you knew it was wrong because you ran away. So therefore, you should be punished for it. The defense did show in court, though, a photo of him sitting on a rock overlooking a stream, looking like he was deep in thought. And they said, see, this is our evidence that he has <laughs> spent this time thinking about his crime. And- Hell, I could do that. And why would I be doing that for a beautiful photo for Instagram? Right. I- am I deep in thought? F no. I am thinking like, gosh, that's a nice picture for Instagram. Yeah. It makes me look skinny. Go with it. <laughs> L- uh, it makes me look like I like nature. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Please. That yeah. is a crappy defense. And, you know, I hope he didn't pay for that. I don't know with what money he would have paid for it with. You know, the millions that he squirreled away. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I think he ended up having to pay like a million or something dollars, like insurance charges as well. And like pay money to his children. And like, it was a whole, whole lot of money, money, a whole Which, lot of stuff. Would he have even have access to this? Because he, he's pretty much been living on the trail. Like where right. did all of that go? I don't know. I don't know if he... I'm assuming he didn't touch any of it because it would probably be pretty heavily monitored. 
One would think. Yeah. I mean, so then essentially you just pay them back the money you stole. So it's yeah. just like, there you go. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's very strange. I mean, it seems so, like, not purposeful. You know, like, why? Maybe the thrill of doing it? Maybe. Um, I don't know. I mean, he was living this pretty extravagant life. and But then to, I mean, to burn his house down. And I don't know. It's pretty extreme. It's very strange. It's a very strange case. Um, it's all very connected and very odd. But that is the story of uh, Mr. Haynes. Well, I will be very cautious of Bismarck and Mostly Harmless and anybody who pops up on these trails with these trail names. Right. Again, what would you have your trail name be? Um, I don't know. I don't even have... What What about you? Do you have a thought? Hmm. Completely useless. <laughs> because that's how I would oh, be on the trail. Oh, gosh. I'd be um, like, oh, there's completely useless. I'm like, hey, girl! Probably. Mine would probably need to be something like, you know, rattling bones or something like that. Like, I think that's like apropos. The, the bone cracker. <laughs> the bone cracker. That doesn't sound good. No, it sounds scary. And especially since you've got a history of a yeah. podcast. So. Mm. Crack, crack, cracking bones. How about barely alive? <laughs> yeah, that sounds... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm barely, barely holding on. Hey, I'm barely alive. I'm like, I'm practically useless. Oh, we wouldn't get too far, I don't think. No, we wouldn't. That's so sad. That's so sad. sad. It would be a sad time on the trail for us. You know that times must be desperate if Holly and Haley are on the trail. Yeah, we're just... <laughs> this holy handbag. We're dying out there. Pretty much. Pretty much. But listen, you can also find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia. You can also find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia. And last but not least, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mountainmysteries. Heck yeah. Do it. Do all of it. Don't be afraid. Go for all of it. Do all just, of it. Like mass, like email, message, message. Support us on Patreon. Leave us a nice review on iTunes. Yeah. Rate us on there. Rate us amazingly. Be like, yes. this is my favorite. If you favorite. have, you know, shitty things to say, maybe, you know, just... Go on the trail. Just go on the trail. Come up with... It. And and your trail name will be shitty things to say. Shitty things to say. That's why no one will come near you. Right. What's your trail name? <laughs> shitty things to say. It's like, all right. Have a nice life. All right. Exactly. Um, we are going to give a shout out this week to Tell City, Indiana. Tell City. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I like it. I like it too. Thank you, Tell City, Indiana. Thanks. <sighs> well, Haley, we have another week down. Can you believe it? I can't. It's amazing. It and is. here we are in May. How crazy is it that? It is insane. <laughs> well, listen, you guys, I hope you have an amazing, amazing week in spring, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.